millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard, musical theater fan, here every week to talk to you about all of the overlap between pop music and musical theater right now. So as fans of music, whether it's pop or rap or country or really any genre, we're all fairly savvy listeners. You know, we recognize music that we know is coming from a genuine place, from real experience, and it usually won't sit right with us if we feel like an artist is putting on a pose or taking on a role in a song that just doesn't feel like them. Of course, we like certain personas, whether it's Beyonce becoming Sasha Fierce or David Bowie becoming Ziggy Stardust or many others, Um, but even those personas work because they feel true to the spirit of the artist. And the same really goes for music when, uh, in theater. Musicals are great when it feels like there's a natural and a necessary reason for the characters to be breaking out in song and dance. And it's very easy for the audience to tune out the show when those emotions on stage feel manufactured or disingenuous or just for whatever reason not believable. So this new musical, Come From Away, is about as far from that latter kind of show as possible. In fact, I think it's possibly the most earnest, well-meaning, thoroughly genuine show I've ever seen. Don't roll your eyes. Uh, First of all, this is a show created by Canadians about Canadians, (laughs) and it totally embodies all of the wonderful things we in the U.S. like to think about Canadians as our more sort of well-meaning, altruistic neighbors to the North who just do nice things for people all the time. Uh, The story of the show, which you'll hear co-writer David Hine explain momentarily, uh, is a really incredible but true one, and the story is literally what this show consists of. The songs really just take you through the course of events, um, and of course there's a lot of insight into what the characters are feeling, but nothing feels like tacked on just for the sake of injecting some theatrical moments and dramatic emotion into the show. Uh, The show is set in Newfoundland, uh, the quite remote uh, province of Canada, and the music is this really spirited blend of folk rock sounds. Uh, There's an amazing band that's on stage the whole time, and many different kinds of whistles are played. Uh, And the traditional kind of Celtic-influenced music of Newfoundland itself. 
the score unfolds in this really naturalistic way. It's not like there's one big number and then a smaller number and like can often happen in shows. Um, the performances feel really lived in. Uh, the performers all you know look and sound like real people. Uh, so though the show plays for a straight hour and 40 minutes, it's really easy to forget that time is passing. Um, in short, as much as it can be possible to think that something you're seeing in a theater is real, this show really feels real. Uh, and on top of all of that, it's just a very uplifting story, particularly considering that it unfolds against the backdrop of the events of 9-11. I recently had the chance to talk to the Come From Away creative team, uh, the creators and composers David Hine and Irene Sankoff, who happen to also be husband and wife, and the music supervisor, conductor, and arranger Ian Eisendrath about how they improbably turned these real-life events into a musical that works so well, about the unique musical culture of Newfoundland, and about just what makes Come From Away such a refreshing show for Broadway. Stop the world from spinning round. I'm on a lookout, overlooking something worth taking the time to stop. Uh, well, thank you all for coming to the podcast. Uh, start out, why don't you tell us who each of you are and what you do for the show? I'm Irene Sankoff, and I am one of the co-authors of Come From Away. And I'm the other co-author, David Hine, and I'm also Irene's husband. I'm Ian Eisendraff. I'm the music supervisor, conductor, and arranger, and I'm not Irene's husband. <laughs> <laughs> Key distinctions. <laughs> So I saw the show actually on Saturday night, uh, very recently, okay, and it, it was great. And I, um, it, I have trouble describing it to people because it's so different. You know, it's not a traditional Broadway show in so many ways, um, and it's really refreshing. So to start out, the story itself is a big part of what makes it so different. So can you give us a brief recap of what the kind of incredible story is behind it? Sure. Uh, so Come From Away tells the true story of when 38 planes and thousands of passengers were diverted to this tiny little town in Newfoundland after the U.S. airspace was closed after 9-11. And the people in Newfoundland welcomed them off the planes, brought them into their halls, their town halls and churches and schools, and then, and then came in and said, uh, you don't seem comfortable, why don't you come back to our house, and then washed their clothes, gave them showers, made them food, and then had them stay over and made lifelong friends. People fell in love, people changed their lives, and it was this amazing story. It's very heartwarming. I, have, I had a tear in my eye at the end, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, so among the many ways that this isn't you know, necessarily a traditional musical is that this is a story that I don't think immediately one thinks, oh, singing and dancing should occur. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> sitting around, <laughs> literally, um, making of sandwiches and yeah. sitting in different places. <laughs> um, so how did the story come to you and how did you know, oh, this is something that is going to work as a musical? Well, music is part of the culture of Newfoundland, and so in order to tell the, uh, any story that takes place in Newfoundland, you need to use the music, and, and the music is also very lively, um, and so it lends itself nicely to getting up and dancing. Um, and I think... Yeah, I'd, I'd grown up on Newfoundland music, uh, so I had... Uh, I'd always known bands uh, like Great Big Sea and Shanty Gnook, all of these amazing Newfoundland bands. Uh, and so I really wanted to uh, play in that sandbox. I think originally we thought maybe this might just be a play, but we got out uh, there on the 10th anniversary. Irene and I had found out that there was going to be a commemoration ceremony happening, and all of these pilots and passengers, flight crew, were coming back. And so we traveled out there. We got a grant from the Canadian government, and we 
talked to every single person we could, and immediately you could tell, I mean, not only did everyone play an instrument, they played seven instruments, and there's this whole culture out there of uh, storytelling and songwriting and community that comes together, partly to get through their terrible winters, but they all <laughs> they, they all gather in the, their kitchens and uh, play songs and tell stories and keep warm and come together, and that's what really inspired us to tell this story. And I would also say that um, it's a story about people who experienced great epiphany, great change, uh, great emotion. And I think all those three things, as Dave and Irene have talked to me about the story and about how they wrote the songs and why they wrote the songs, those were all the triggers for the songs. And I think in any great musical, you'll see that those are actually the reasons that we sing and the reason that we need something that's going to transcend naturalistic dialogue. So even though it seems like it's a show about people sitting still, it's because they're sitting still, because they've entered this sort of Oz sure, sure. that they're having this change. And what do you do with that? You you think, you feel, you communicate, you sing. When we were actually out there, uh, Reg Wright, uh, the manager of the Gander Airport, this amazing, one of the, used to be one of the world's largest airports, uh, he was giving us a tour of the airport, and after, after like three hours, he turned to us and he said, now what are you doing? You're doing a musical about people making sandwiches? <laughs> we said... Yeah, and he said, uh, "Good luck with that," <laughs> you know. But we, we, I mean, we interviewed as many people as we could, and we ended up, uh, you know, for hours at a time. And each one of them had hundreds of stories, and every story was better than the last one. And they made us cry, and they made us laugh, and we got back, and we couldn't wait to to tell them all, you know, thousands of stories in a hundred minute musical with twelve actors. And part of what was so smart about what the Ganderites and the people of the surrounding towns did was that they didn't let them sit still for too long, because the more they sat still the more they would start to stew and start to worry and the anxiety would raise so they kept feeding them and they entertained them and they took them on walks and it you know it was it was very very kind but sometimes we forget that the kindness actually came out of an intelligence and it came out of a bravery that you know they didn't know who was coming off those planes and Completely. yet right and they and yet they took them in anyway and a lot of organization or lack of organization that manifested as organization somehow. <laughs> right. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it's not lost on all of you that I, the the story also, I think, is so touching because it feels so timely now as well that to see this very, you know, somewhat isolated instance of everybody getting along and, you know, so many people who are different being thrust into the situation and somehow making it work is really, feels really resonant right y- now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we always we always say that there it never feels like there's a bad time to tell a story about human kindness but particularly right now, it feels good. It's especially good for us to be living in this and sharing the story. It's about, you know, the best of mankind set against the backdrop of the worst. And it's uh, it's this great story about people overcoming boundaries. Irene and I were actually living here in New York over 9-11, and it reminds us a lot about what was happening in Manhattan afterwards. It's one of the reasons why we call it a 9-12 story. It's about, mm-hmm. it's about how kind people were then. You could reach out to anyone on the street. You could say, are you okay? How are you doing? And and it didn't race and religion and where you were from. It didn't matter at the point. We were all in it together. And there's something about what happened in Newfoundland that was exactly the same. It's completely, it's not a 9-11 musical, like you said. It's, mm-hmm. 9-11 is a little backdrop to it almost. But yeah. it's. I, I feel like throughout the show, it just feels like some sort of a shadow that's following it. But it's really more about the people and what happened after, which is nice. Um, so 
Newfoundland music is something I need to know more about <laughs> because I first of all the band on stage led by Ian is super energetic and brings like so much liveliness to the show and is really what drives the show. So you're I mean you guys are almost like characters. Yeah, no what I love about this piece is that um, the approach to the score has been very much almost a cinematic approach that um, with the story where 12 actors play how many characters? Like upwards of 40, 50, right? At least. Yes. At least. I think it was over 200 at one point. It depends how you can Right, it. and we are constantly <laughs> shifting locations, time, and characters. Um, we use music to ground it all. And the music really rarely stops once we start. So it's certainly a conductor's dream because you have an hour and 40 minutes where you just like go down at the beginning of the show, start playing music, and then all of a sudden the show's over. A conductor's dream is you don't get a break ever. <laughs> well, it, 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 makes it, it makes yeah. it fly in a great way. But I think, um, yeah, the way the score is put together is very much like it's a character, and it's constantly shifting and twisting and turning and reacting to what's happening on stage, to the dialogue, to the characters, to the setting. Um, but even more importantly, I think what we've been able to do is capture the essence of this unique musical tradition that is going on in Newfoundland right now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, Newfoundland music is this this incredible, life-affirming, authentic, traditional music, and yet at the same time you put it on Broadway and it feels like something you've never heard before. It's uh, (laughs) fiddles, uh, accordions, uh, bazookis, mandolin. Uh, We've got uh, a pipes and whistles player who is playing 20 different uh, pipes and whistles. Oh my goodness. Uh, Ian, I should mention, uh, not only learned to play the accordion for the show, but learned to play the button accordion, which is uh, specific to Newfoundland music. and then we've uh, also got uh, Balron player, Balron, which is a hand drum uh, out there. We have something called an ugly stick, which is basically a yes, mop. Explain the ugly stick. <laughs> it's a mop screwed into a boot with bottle caps screwed into the side of it that you hit with a stick, and it's this amazing percussion instrument that could only be invented in Newfoundland. I did not think an ugly stick was a real thing. I had heard the expression before. I didn't think it was a real thing until it appeared on stage, and right. I was like, okay. Yeah, to- totally. You cannot make this stuff up. And then, and then beyond that what we try to do is we add sort of world music elements on top of that to -hmm. to create this musical metaphor of all of these people coming to Newfoundland and then we uh, compare and contrast so we have hand drums like the Bauron from Newfoundland but we also have hand drums from uh, from Africa uh, or we have a fiddle uh, from Newfoundland and then we also have a fiddle with more of an American pop uh, sound from uh, for for characters from Texas and uh, we find you know sort of common denominators but we also create something that's 
greater than the sum of its parts. Which is is it kind of? I'm sorry. Is it kind of Celtic influence? Because I remember at the end, I was like, "This is the first chieftain Z sounding right. musical I've totally. ever heard." I, what I love about Newfoundland music, and I think this is unique to Newfoundland and just contemporary Celtic right now, is that it's this juxtaposition or meshing together of what we would think of as like traditional Celtic, which are the tin whistles and the diatonic button accordion and the fiddle superimposed on top of, or they're put underneath, um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Please don't a die on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> a contemporary rock band. So you have those sounds with electric guitar, electric bass, drum set, sometimes keys, and it, it's this amazing fusion of energy, I would say. Like the music, it makes you want to dance, it makes you... yeah want to live. When we were out in, I, I don't think I mentioned this, when we were out in Newfoundland for the 10th anniversary, they had this benefit concert in the hockey rink and uh, one of the bands came out on stage and everyone started dancing. The Come From Ways started dancing, the locals started dancing, the executives from Lufthansa and their three-piece suits started dancing. <laughs> it was this music, you, it is infectious and you can't, you feel it inside you. It's, uh, it's amazing. It makes you come together. And I should say that the, I mean, the band really, I think, rocks on stage. And I, anyone who sees the show should stay after because they kind of have a little jam on stage at the end, which I thought was fantastic. There's a there's a story about that jam, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. a planned jam. Yeah, well, well, it was it was supposed to be exit music, and it's the worst exit music ever because nobody leaves. Yes. <laughs> now we call it the stay and clap music. Yeah, your well, your guitar player really embraces the moment. He sure does. He's pretty amazing. He like he yeah. has yeah. a shredding moment. It's really enjoyable. Uh, I mean, the, the I think part of the infectiousness of the energy of the show is how it's earnest in a way that feels genuine. You know, it's not. I think that Broadway shows over the years have kind of run this arc of being so earnest that it just doesn't even seem real and kind of coming back around to being a little, you know, self-aware and everything is tongue-in-cheek and I think that can be distancing in its way from time to time and now this is something that to me really, you know, it's a it's a good-hearted show and it's believable. Thank you. I mean, I think part of that is it's based on truth. You know, every mm-hmm. every single character on stage is inspired often by, you know, multiple people that we met. We had to do some amalgamating and, and compositing of characters, but it's inspired by the true people that we that we met out there and, and by the stories they told us. We really want, we didn't set out to make a Broadway musical. We set out to make a show that they could sit in the audience and be proud of and that would celebrate what they had done. Sure. And what's been amazing about the development process working with David and Irene is their absolute allegiance to these people and telling their stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often you're in development of musical world and it's like, well, what if we just completely change that plot point because it would just fit in neater or it could trigger a nice big number. And what was really cool was Dave and Irene know these people. They are friends, they are family, and they absolutely insisted at all times that we tell their stories. And there's plenty of conflict within those stories. There's plenty of drama, but I think we had to work harder to figure out how to make all these real things fit together rather than to just craft something that would conveniently work together. And I think our director, Chris Ashley, choreographer Kelly Devine, everyone was committed to that. And I think think that's why it does feel not sickly sweet or fake, Mm because it actually is true. 
Yeah. Well, and our, our director, Chris, and our producers, uh, they initially came out to Newfoundland with us to meet the people. To, and, you know, and that's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for writers to say, this is the person who inspired us. I want to go to Newfoundland. Right? Yeah. 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 It takes a while. I promise you do. It's, yeah. amazing. it's amazing. Well, and then we all returned there uh, for a, a benefit concert, two benefit concerts that we did with all the proceeds going to local charities. We brought a Broadway show to the, to the <laughs> hockey rink out there, mm-hmm. and it was this amazing experience. We're used to, you know, some of the people that we interview coming to see the show show and watching the show through their perspective seeing their experience uh, reflected back to them but but instead this was 5,000 people having their town and their culture and their experiences back and it was unbelievably powerful and having the actors meet the people who had inspired their characters become friends with them stay with them often it was uh, it was unbelievable well it was sort of amazing because without even being introduced to these people because we knew the show we knew who they were like I wasn't surprised who Beulah was or Oz. It's like we, you know, through Dave and Irene's, the way they put the show together, it's like we've been living with these characters for a couple of years. And so much of, I think, what makes the show unique is that what an ensemble show it is. Number one, that it's it's kind of almost sung through. And literally all the songs are just telling the story. It doesn't yes. feel like there's anything extraneous. And if I think, I mean, Jen Kalil is big number is like the only big standalone, you know, stand in the spotlight Broadway traditional moment I can really think of. Perhaps there are there's, others, but that's the only one that stands out. There's two solos in the song. There's Jen's uh, solo and there's also um, Q's solo, uh, the I Am Here moment uh, oh, about yes. the, uh, sure. the mother of the firefighter. And both of those, we use solos to uh, to create isolation. So whether whether characters have isolated themselves or whether they're isolated because they, they can't uh, leave. But primarily out in Gander, you know, what happened, everyone was in it together. You, there was mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. little time alone. So, so the majority of the show expresses that. It's that you were packed in with people all around you and you were forced to deal with each other and forced to work together and uh, so there's so much group vocals and group zeitgeist that's expressed that when you come to a solo it stands out as this tiny moment when you find manage to find some isolation or needed that i would also say that they one of the reasons it doesn't feel traditional is that it's very through composed mm-hmm. and it the songs shift at a naturalistic logic as opposed to your traditional AABA or just traditional theater score song forms, which are great and traditional and work. Um, With this show, because we are constantly jumping time, jumping characters, trying to tell so many stories at once, the score shifts that quickly. So I think you end up with like one big total score Mm -hmm. um, that is almost like an hour and 40 minute long song. Yes. That it all adds up to one great thing and as opposed to 16 separate songs. And it really moves it along because I <laughs> I completely didn't read my program ahead of time and I didn't realize it was going to be no intermission, which, by the way, is my favorite kind of musical. Yes. I think more musicals should yeah. be yes. like this. I completely hold that we're able to sit through a three-hour movie without getting up. We should sit through a musical because Amen. it all just... I don't know, it all feels more coherent that way. But when I, I was sitting there, I looked at my watch at one point and was like, oh, it's 9.45. I guess this is just going the way it's going. Yeah, yeah. We actually, our producers were the ones who, we originally had an intermission in the middle and we cut it because 
the experience of being out in Gander, no one got to stop in the middle of it and like actually pause everything and say, how do you think it's going? What's going on? Let's <laughs> let's go to the bathroom, you know, yeah. right? And, it, and so we felt it was important that the audience come on the entire journey with us. You, you're there at the beginning and you're there at the end and it feels like breathless. We're like, we're trying to tell so many stories and the actors are switching from character to character and accent to accent. It's like, it's this nonstop. I mean, we, we wrote it and still this, what Chris and Kelly and what the actors do on stage, uh, it's this like nonstop magic trick that we never get tired of watching. And there are a lot of Canadians in the audience, I think, yes. right? You get the sense of a lot of Canadian pride going on. <laughs> yes, I mean, obviously there was more so when we were doing the show in Toronto, but I know one of the actors likes to play a game while she's on stage of Spot the Canadian, where she's listening to hear who's <laughs> laughing at the jokes that re- refer right back to, you know, hometown Canadian spots or or things that you would find funny when you refer to, Gan- to Gander or to anywhere in Newfoundland, like trees and rocks and nothing. <laughs> Scared of some people, hilarious to Newfoundlanders. <laughs> yeah. I have to ask, because strangely, issues become a topic on this podcast, and I'm going to keep it going as long as I can. There are some Celine Dion moments in the show. Wow. That there is, yeah. I, I feel like how often can you give the penny whistle its due in a score? Right. Um, but you, you somehow get My Heart Will Go On in a couple of times. Yeah, uh, so I mean, th- there's so many good things about uh, that we have this constant refrain of uh, wherever we are, so that it's great that it uh, it turns in, it has wherever you are built into it. It's uh-huh. Celine Dion, so it's a little bit of Canadian pride in there. It's, yes, it's the, it's the total penny whistle. <laughs> Uh, and it's this song that when belted out in karaoke is uh, is either it's pretty awesome. It's yeah, pretty it's yeah, awesome. Yes, yes, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> nothing more to say. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks thank for you stopping so by. Much. Our pleasure. Suddenly, there's no one saying stay grounded. Looking down. Thanks again for listening to Billboard on Broadway. If you're interested in seeing Come From Away, it's currently playing at the Schoenfeld Theater. If you would like to listen to some full performances of songs from the show and to read our ongoing Broadway coverage, you can go to billboard.com Broadway. Of course, if you want to comment on this podcast, ask questions, suggest future guests, you can tweet the hashtag Billboard on Broadway, and you can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff. And I hope you'll come back for next week's episode. Blah, blah, blah.